to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's going on, Fantasy World? Today, we release our special episode with uh, Mr. James Cole coming on to the podcast and showing us some love and dropping some knowledge. Um, I'm really looking forward to you guys checking this episode out. Um, we're not going to do our normal routine uh, with the uh, the news. Uh, the news segment won't be on this episode because uh, Mr. Cole was willing to, willing enough to give us some extra time during the podcast. So uh, we're going to jump right into the podcast after this short intro. Uh, but we do have a few notes to go over before we uh, get right into the podcast. As always, you know to follow the podcast at Fantasy Finance across social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You know the usual stuff. We're not, you know, not going to leave that out. But you can subscribe to the podcast, too, on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and whatever else you use to listen to podcasts. We know we, we, know we love the, the ratings and the stars, so please show us some love. Give us some ratings on um, Apple Podcasts. Um, leave us some stars and stuff like that, and let us know you know, how you enjoy the show, what you want us to add more to, what you want us to take less of, you know, give us some feedback on the show so far. We're at, we're at 11 episodes. So we appreciate all the feedback, any and all feedback that you are willing to give us. Um, you can also check out the fantasiesfinance.com. Um, the injury report for week one has been constantly updated. Uh, so check it because we're, as we're heading into Sunday, you know that there are a lot of injuries going on across the league. Um, it's been updated with the information on Deontay Johnson, uh, the Steelers uh, wide receiver who went down with a foot injury, um, Mike Evans, uh, his uh, hamstring injury. He's They don't know whether he's going to be able to play or not for this weekend. Uh, and uh, uh, Devin Zigbo went down. He's on IR. So just check out the the website, check out the fantasyfinance.com, check out the injury report. And, you know, if there's something missing, let me know. But if it will be updated until uh, Sunday when the games start, um, you can also check uh, the Fantasy's Finest Twitter account for up-to-date information as it drops um, as we get closer to the kickoff. So, you know, without any more delays, please enjoy our special episode with Mr. James Coe dropping by the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Okay, now we've gotten to the, the biggest part of our uh, Fantasy Finest Podcast episode. And before we get into the Fantasy Face-Off segment, I first want to introduce our special guest who's given us some of, our, some of his time to jump into our podcast for this episode. So let me just tease y'all a little bit, then maybe y'all figure out who he is before I formally introduce him and give him his name, give you his name. You know, you may have seen him on NFL Fantasy Live alongside guys like Adam Rankin doing the Danger Zone segment. Um, you can see him on Amazon Prime. He's on NFL Next with Chris Long and Kay Adams on Thursdays. He's the next, uh, he's their next gen stats fantasy expert. You can also catch him on Fantasy Zone on DirecTV. And he's even got his own podcast, The Fantasy Five, where he somehow manages to break down everything that's going on in the NFL in just five minutes. Believe me, I was just as shocked when he announced that he was doing the podcast for that short. And then I listened to it. 
and now I'm hooked. He's definitely in my rotation. He's a four-time Emmy Award winner. If you haven't figured it out by now, this is the great James Cole. James, thank you for coming on to the show, man. We really appreciate you coming on and giving us some of your time today. Oh, listen, man, it, it's my pleasure, honestly. Um, and yeah, it's just good to be part of the program. I, I kind of like reaching out to, to the folks. And, you know, when you reached out to me and, and asked me if I'd be on the podcast, look, man, I, I, I like talking football. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So how am I going to say no to that? You know what I mean? So there yeah, you go. Really appreciate it, man, because I'll be honest. I know you got a bunch of stuff going on, you know, behind the scenes. And true. I'm just like, all right, well, let, the worst thing he can say is no, he can't do it. So. <laughs> Right. Let me shoot, let me shoot my shot real quick and be like, hey, you know, man, you mind, you know, showing us some love and coming on to the show? We really appreciate no doubt, it. Well, man. you said yes. I went back to like we have a uh, we have a group chat um, for for organization purposes in our um, uh, for our podcast. So when I went in and I told you know my guys, I told Jalen, I told my other co-host Mark, I'm like, yo, James said he's gonna come on the show. And they were like, really? Like, they didn't believe me. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, you know, he said, he, you know, we're going to talk about particulars, you know, later on. But he said, yeah. He was like, oh, yeah. My, 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 my guy, Mark, was like, yo, you got to get that content no matter what. I was like, well, you know, it was unfortunate that he can't be here to you know, record with us because he works during the day. But he yeah. was like, yo, I don't care. Even if I'm not on, like, just just get it. I'm like, all right, cool. So we like, we I'm really thankful that you're willing to come on with us now i want to get into this fantasy fantasy five podcast that you do before we get into the show real quick because i yeah. i have to ask you how do you condense all the information that goes on in the league in just five minutes <laughs> I, 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 know, I don't know how you do that it's interesting you know because it's actually in a way it's harder to do a five minute podcast than a 30 minute podcast because I, I believe you. Um, when you're doing 30 minutes or an hour, whatever, an hour's tough by yourself, but 30 minutes is pretty easy. And in 30 minutes, all you got to do is come up with topics and you don't really have to organize your thoughts that much. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of, you know, talk about what you're going to talk about and, and do it that way. And, and um, you know, bing, bang, boom, you're done. You know, 30 minutes goes by pretty quick if you come up with the right topics. You know what I'm saying? In five minutes... I see like my, my workday kind of, it's like a running list. So I have kind of like a running list of things I want to talk about. And then, and then I've got to kind of cut and, you know, snip here and, and, and just be like, ah, I don't want to, I guess I don't have time to talk about that. I don't have time to talk about that. And then, and then when I focus in drill down on the three topics and that's always what it is. If you listen to the show, it's always the, the top three topics that I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just trying to figure out, okay, what's the pertinent info here. And then just give you that. That's all. I distill it all down to just giving you a couple of top line stats, my overall impressions, um, you know, on the situation. And then we just keep it moving. You know what I mean? So um, it, it actually takes a while for me to kind of organize all my thoughts. Um, and again, you know, make sure I've got all the pertinent stats that I want to get across out there um, and and just kind of go from there. Just just the editing process of you know, before you even hit record, mm. it takes a while. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I know, like, because I try to organize, you know, I do most of the organization for the podcast and I, sh I set the show docs for the guys. It's even when I'm almost finished and then something else pops up. 
So I'm like, dang, should I should I put that in there now or should I wait to the next episode and talk about it? Like, it's just so much right. going on. But you definitely figured out how to do it um, the best way possible because that that podcast, the Fantasy Five, is excellent. It's well organized. Thanks, man. I appreciate and, that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's really good. Now, is it available everywhere? I just want to make sure it's that. A- like it's on google yeah 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 it's available everywhere as far as i know i mean i've kind of looked everywhere um you know it's the top 10 you know directory uh, podcast directories is definitely available in on all those spots um so yeah if you guys just you know or if you guys just want to search for fantasy five with james co um would would much appreciate and and this is what this is my sales pitch to everyone Mm -hmm. it's five minutes man you know what i'm saying just i don't care if you subscribe but can you give it a chance just give me one episode. Uh-huh. Give me one episode. Um, it's five minutes of your time. And the reason I came up with this whole concept um, is because there's a lot of folks like yourself, myself. We got kids. We got jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have time. And I love fantasy. My job is fantasy. And I love it. It's a passion. But I don't have time to consume a lot of you know, hour long podcasts. That's just, that's just not what I can do. You know what I'm saying? I just don't have the time to do it. But that being said, um, boy, it'd be nice to kind of, you know, on a, on a quick little drive, just pop this guy in, um, and hear a little five minutes, something, something that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? If it's five Mm -hmm. minutes and it's crap, then okay, then that's no good, but (laughs) five minutes and interesting. Okay. I can live with that. So that's kind of the mentality I have when I bring uh, that, I, that I bring to the podcast, it's five minutes, but man, you got to keep it interesting. You got to keep it moving. Um, and hopefully I'm doing that, man, but I would love people to kind of just give the podcast a try. Um, I I think it kind of sort of, you know, fills a gap in the market, uh, in regards to what people want w- from their fantasy content. So that's what I'm hopeful for. And you know what, man? And you know what? It, it must be it must be a good concept because I tell you what, within like two, three weeks of launching, you know, CBS Sports just completely ripped off my idea. And, and oh, we're, we're yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it must be something. It yes. must be something. Man, you better get so. that patent pending. <laughs> like, yo, this five-minute thing is mine. I'll tell you one thing, though. It is five minutes um you know because uh i think a couple days ago i listened and i was like it's just like a tease like yeah so and then like yo i'm you know i want to hear more it's like mm. yo i was like i don't even know how like will said i don't know how you do it in five minutes we take five minutes just checking making sure everybody mics is fine so yeah. <laughs> five minutes, it's crazy. <laughs> but like great. but like james said man his podcast is available everywhere apple google's Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can listen to a podcast, search the name The Fantasy Five by James Poe. Hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to us too, but hit that subscribe go. button. Check out James uh, and his work, man. He's doing a good job, and he's already being ripped off. So you know he's doing something. <laughs> <laughs> so, but let's let's get into the episode. This we're going to introduce a new segment to the Fantasy's Finest podcast. It's called Fantasy Face Off, and basically what it is is we're going to go through each week. We're going to pick a couple of games, and then we're going to put each position head-to-head. So, for instance, we're going to start off. Um, I wanted to make this particularly hard. I don't want to go on the nose like, you know, everybody's going to start Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, you know, basically Dak every Prescott. week. Yeah, Dak Prescott. You know, <laughs> those guys are going to start largely nine times out of ten. So there's no real reason to talk about their games. So I wanted to go a little harder 
and you know for petty purposes because um on the podcast me and Jalen have been going back and forth about what Sam Darnold's gonna do this season. Yes. So I picked this game for quarterback for the quarterback position, the New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills. Sam Darnold versus Josh Allen. Who the do you battle think, for New York? Yes. Who do you think is gonna have a better match? Who's gonna do better than the other? Because I already got yeah, my pick. I, I, <laughs> for, for for me, I don't think there's any question. You know, um, I just I just don't think this one's that close, honestly. And to me, it's Josh Allen. You know, he gives you a better rushing floor, um, mm-hmm. a better rushing ceiling. And really, what it comes down to for me is Adam Gase. Adam Gase to me is is a problem. Um, he's one of the he's proven himself now over the course of you know five years uh, to be maybe one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Um, and you know, his pace of play is extremely, extremely slow. Um, you know, when I take a look at the, the overall number uh, of plays that the jets will run in any given game, they ran the third fewest plays per game, uh, in the NFL last year. And you could say some of that was, you know, with Donald being hurt, but bottom line is that trend goes all the way back to his Miami days. He's just he plays at a snail's pace and um, I don't know what the, what the problem is, but they just don't believe in pace there. And, and that's a big problem when you're starting to talk about volume, you know, you want to get the plays up, you want to get 65 plays going per game. And really the jets are right last year, averaged 56 plays per game. So that's just less volume overall. And when you kind of take a look over the course of a season, um, boy, that it's tough to make up that volume gap. And, um, and I think Josh Allen to me presents a much higher ceiling and a much safer floor as well. I, I, I look, Josh Allen could be a top five fantasy quarterback, uh, in 2020 Sam Darnold, a lot would have to go right for him mm-hmm. to even crack the top 10. So mm-hmm. I, I think this one's not that close. It's Josh Allen all the way for me. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask Jalen, too, because I want his opinion. But I got to ask you this, since you're here. Do you think that Sam Darnold can crack the top 20 among QBs this year? Top 20? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Look. Thank you, James. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? I can't wait till Mike get back on. That, that solidifies it, Will. That solidifies it. Look, yeah, here, here's, here's the thing. thing. Here's the thing. Sam Darnold, I, I don't know why people are writing him off. You know, um, I, I just don't get it. You know what I'm saying? I, I think he's still a talented kid. Um, does he have his, you know, like what the F moments? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know that. And that goes back to his days at USC. You know, the guy could be slinging it just on fire in a rhythm, just pumping them out. And then all of a sudden you're like, why, why did ghosts. you throw into triple coverage right, <laughs> right there? Like, yeah, I know. Or, or start seeing ghosts or whatever, you know, it's like, what are you doing? My brother. But um, but no, I, I still think he's a pretty talented kid. Um, great arm strength, uh, you know, really hangs tough in the pocket, um, looks to make plays. And that, that's the number one thing for me is that he looks to make plays, you know what I mean? So, um, I, I really like him and, and top 20, man, that's, that's a level of disrespect right there, bro. Exactly. Like, exactly. You know, yeah, oh, absolutely. He can now uh, look, will, will the weapon, will the weapons around him take him there? Boy, it's going to be it's going to be interesting like I said. I don't think he'll crack the top 10. I mean, it would be 
uh, a borderline miracle if he did, but I certainly got him in that, you know, uh, you know, 15 to 20 range. Absolutely. hundred percent. Mm. That, that, that shouldn't be that hard for him if he stays healthy. Honestly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah. back okay. So. <laughs> no, it didn't backfire. I just, it didn't backfire. I just wanted to ask, you know, since he was here, you know, he could weigh in. Yes. And I'm glad he did part. weigh in. <laughs> um, but actually, seriously, Will, I was going to shock you. I actually agree with James. I was going to pick Josh Allen okay. for the exact same reasons they said. You know, he uh, gives you a different dynamic when he can run the ball. You know, something Sam Darnold can't do as effectively as Josh Allen. But then also the addition of Stephon Diggs. And you talk about the best receiver on the Jets, maybe Crowder. Um, it's kind of not it's not even close. And then mm-hmm. Sam Darnold's also playing against that hellacious defense. I was going to mm-hmm. pick Josh Allen. Yeah, I was. I guess we're all unanimous on this one because when I look at Sam Darnold, and it's more of a weapon aspect, you know, uh, Perryman is coming back from missing two weeks with a knee injury. Um, Mims missed all of training camp with a hamstring injury. So you coming in, Mims hasn't even faced off against one of the Jets corners. Right. And now you're going to throw him in against the Bills. I, I just don't think that the wide receiver core is prepared. You know, so that's going to shrink who the options are for Sam Darnold to throw uh, around the field. He's more than likely going to link up with, I would say he's more than likely going to link up with Crowder and Herndon. And, but then that limits your, your options as to what you can do on the field because, you know, James uh, Crowder is a good wide receiver. You know, he hits, he gets a lot of targets, but you're not going to, you know, spread the offense out. Um, you're not going to spread the defense out rather and have him running down the field and trying to hit him for deep balls. And we already right. know that's not one of Sam Darnold's strengths. So, you know, Josh Allen, between, you know, the weapons that he has, the defense that's behind him, and then his rushing ability, it's, it's, it's more of a wash. But I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now moving on. We have the, Piz- <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the New York Giants. Now this is going to pit James Conner, at the running back position, James Conner versus Saquon Barkley. So who you got? Um, boy, again, I, I'm not sure how you go away from Saquon Barkley. Uh, this is a guy that was <laughs> playing hurt last year um, and still posted incredible numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just I was just so surprised and, and so impressed with how um, Saquon was able to kind of adapt his game. Look, for much of last year, maybe all of last year, uh, outside of the first couple of weeks, you know, he was dealing with that, you know, high ankle sprain and being able to cut on a high ankle is is almost impossible. And we know that he likes to bounce to the outside. You know, his speed and, and his size and strength and everything makes him a problem when he gets to the edge. But last year, this is a guy that ran in between the tackles at an incredible rate. And basically what he proved to me and should have proven to pretty much anybody is he can play. Not only can he play hurt, he can still be extremely effective mm-hmm. playing hurt as well. Um, I had him graded out using next gen stats as, you know, one of the top two or three uh, inside runners between the tackle runners in all of the NFL. And I I think to me, that says a lot. That says a lot considering uh, he was playing hurt and and the fact that he is known as an outside guy. But um, I think this year, you know, I think they've made some improvements on the offensive line. Nate Solder opting out obviously is a big deal, Uh, but this is one of the few teams I, I think, 
has kind of can kind of sort of manage around it. Their offensive line should still be in plus territory. Um, and just look at all the weapons around him too. You know, I, I don't love Daniel Jones, but I mean, he can at least throw it. Right. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and he's got, you know, Darius Slayton, you know, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram kind of taking defenses away too. So I don't think, uh, he's going to see too many loaded boxes, but we shall see. But man, um, I don't know how you get away from Saquon Barkley here. Okay. I, I, I kind of agree with that sentiment. Um, you know, Saquon is just one of those running backs that's just, you know, he can he can have a slow game and then all of a sudden he breaks a 70-yard run. And it's like, where did this come from? Like, we had him bottled up the whole time. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go with James Conner. And it's not it's not because of, you know, Saquon being uh, – he's just so great. But it's more the fact that the defense that he's going up against. The Steelers gave up the six fewest fantasy points last year. Um, at 14.8. The Giants defense, on the other hand, was 18th with 19.2. I think with the weapons that, with Big Ben back and healthy, that offense could return back to its top five nature um, in terms of uh, using a passing game. You have Juju Smith-Schuster. You have Deontay Johnson, who they're expecting big things from. You have James Washington, and and the guy I really like in that offense um, that's behind all of them, unfortunately, right now, is Chase Claypool. Uh, I think they have enough weapons, and the Giants' defense is not that great against the run, that James Conner can have a little bit more of an impact, Um, especially, you know, how Ben – if if the wide receivers aren't open, you know, he's got um, options underneath with James Conner. You know how effective he is in the passing game as long as he stays healthy. So I think going up against a weaker defense, that's where the split ends. Of course, you're not going to – you know, I'm not saying to sit Saquon because he is – like I said, he's good. Um, I just think I give the edge overall to uh, James Conner in this one because the Giants' defense is not has not been great against the run um, for fantasy, and I think the the Steelers take advantage of that early. I agree, actually, which is weird because I'm agreeing with you today. Um, <laughs> I definitely we're not normally on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> but I definitely agree with James. You know, with James's. Uh, Saquon, but I also thought about, you know, Connor the same way. The Giants' defense is horrendous. And although Saquon does have that breakout ability and, you know, um, obviously he's far superior than James Connor, I think James Connor will be better off going against that Giants' defense rather than Saquon going against the Pittsburgh's defense. I just, although like you said, you mentioned the weapons, you know, Slayton, um, Ingram, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm just going to load the box and force Daniel Jones to beat me. The same way, you know, teams used to play Dak and Zeke, you know, force Dak to throw the ball and we're not going to lose to Zeke. I think it's the same way with, with the Giants. Um, I, I would definitely take Connor in this situation over over Saquon. Yeah, you're probably just playing the matchup, you know, right. who's got the better who's got the better matchup as opposed to when you're going against opposing defenses. Only That's for this not- yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I said, you're not gonna, you're not gonna bench, you're not gonna bench Saquon, no, no. especially for what you pay for him in fantasy drafts. He's a top three pick, depending on where you're picking him at. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, especially for week one, like you said, Jalen, I'm not, I'm not benching Saquon, but I'm just, if I'm playing the matchup, I'm looking at Connor in this one. Like, right. yeah, he's got the edge. All right, now let's 
keep going. We have next the wide receiver position. We're going to do Chicago, the Chicago Bears versus the Detroit Lions. Allen Robinson versus Kenny Galladay. This was easy, actually. Really? Who you got? Um, I took Galladay. There's, there's no way I'm taking Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball over, over Matthew <laughs> Stafford. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> Oh, I think there's a lot to that. Although, you know, I, can I also say this though? It is surprising though, when you take a look and, and first of all, of course, you know, format matters, but in PPR, you know, Allen Robinson was, was a better player mm-hmm. than Kenny Galladay. Yep. You know, uh, last year we we're talking about, right, right. this is a guy that pushed a hundred receptions. He had 98 receptions for, uh, uh, 1147 yards last year. And, you know, had fewer touchdowns, but overall still had seven touchdowns. That's really good. I mean, Julio Jones had six. You know what I'm saying? So DeAndre Hopkins had seven. So seven touchdowns for Allen Robinson, pretty good. Kenny Galladay, um, you know, the, the, the league leader in that department with 11 touchdowns overall. But still, he was more of a, man, he's a, a little bit lower volume. 65 receptions last year. Um, almost 1,200 yards. So obviously he is a, a, a much bigger big play threat mm-hmm. down the field. I just think, you know, I, I don't know how you get away from Kenny Galladay in this particular matchup, but I do think it's a lot closer than a lot of folks would assume. Um, and, and I get it. You know, you'll watch Mitch Trubisky play and he's throwing, you know, you know, ground balls right into the dirt and he just looks terrible. <laughs> he looked awful. Um, so yeah, no, there's a lot to worry about, but just from a simple volume standpoint, I think Allen Robinson's going to keep it close. I mean, he'll yeah. keep it close in this game for sure. Well, I de- yeah. I definitely I definitely agree with you, but like you said, the stats are really they're obviously like really close, but at the end of the day, I just can't I can't you bank my money on Mr. Trubisky, you know, and Allen Robinson. I have to go to Matthew Stafford, who's still like a top ten QB. And Galladay. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it's close. Like it's close as far as you know, talking about Allen, you know, Robinson versus Galladay. But when you look deeper, I'd much rather would have Matthew Stafford throwing the ball to Trubisky. <laughs> you don't trust me, uh, Trubisky? Yeah. No, I don't. Well, I kind of, I kind of agree with James this time because you have, like he said, the targets and especially in PPR formats, Mitch is going to throw. Allen Robinson the ball 10 times, 12 times. He's going to try and get him the ball, even if he's missing him by a mile. Mm-hmm. So got he's got that upside as far as, you know, in BPR formats, he's going to get those targets. Um, and you got to look at the Detroit Lions secondary. It, they had, they had uh, Darius Slay. He's not there anymore. They have Desmond Trufant. And even with Darius Slay on there, he the, the Lions secondary was one of the worst in the league. They gave up six most fantasy points to wide receivers last season. Mm-hmm. They just, and I don't think that they're going to get any better, uh, um, you know, looking on looking on, on paper right now. So between the targets and the touchdown opportunity for Allen Robinson, it's, it looked like a cakewalk for me. Uh, Detroit just doesn't have the secondary. Even with Mitchell Jabisky throwing sideways, Allen Robinson is the matchup for me. Now, let's move on to the tight end position. Now, I, I tried to make this one particularly hard because, it, you know, 
it's the tight end position is deep, but it's not deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of bodies there, but is there a lot of talent in this pool? So I went with the Indianapolis Colts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jack Doyle versus Tyler Eifert. Who do you get? <laughs> Who you got? I mean, we're going straight into the danger zone for this one. I love it. You know, you know me. I, I I love this one. You know what I mean? We're start, we're talking about two just complete like you know you you got to be in a complete dirt ball league to be you know <laughs> contemplating Jack Doyle or Tyler Eifert. I mean, you got to just be in the dirtiest of dirt ball leagues uh, to really be contemplating this one. And, and you know what? And you know what? I love it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I like I like I playing in dirty like leagues, man. <laughs> um, but no, look, look, if you guys know me at all, uh, you know I am a big time Jack Doyle guy. You know, he he's got reliable hands, good route runner. Um, you know, a little undersized for his position, but I just don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. And um, I think he's a really good separator for a tight end. And look, who else are they going to go with at the tight end position there for the Colts, right? Um, Trey Burton is still banged up. Mo Alley Cox seems to always get a little bit of pub, but um, he's just not somebody that I'm worried about. Jack Doyle is going to be a very reliable target for him. And um, if we know anything about Phillip Rivers, he, he likes, you know, pumping in targets to the tight end position too. So uh, I'm not saying this dude's Antonio Gates over here, okay? But I mean, <laughs> the guy can play. Jack Doyle can absolutely play. Now, Tyler Eifert's a good player too, um, when healthy, but man, he has suffered so many injuries throughout his mm -hmm. career, so many season ending catastrophic injuries. How much does he have left? You know, um, right. I think this is, this is an interesting one because the Jacksonville Jaguars should be getting absolutely blown out by the fourth quarter. So you're thinking, Oh, maybe we'll get some garbage time points, but I don't know. Tight ends don't seem to really get garbage time production unless you're one of the top pass catchers. And I think Minshew uh, will look to, you know, um, DJ Chark and, and his, and his wide receivers uh, to make plays downfield. But um, I, man, I just I just don't think Tyler Eifert's going to be on the field enough because I just don't know if they're going to play him that way. Uh, I know he's their primary pass catching tight end, but ah boy, I, I still think it's going to be Jack Doyle. Okay, Jalen, who you got? Now, James, you may not know this, but a couple of weeks ago, we you know when we went over to this division particularly, we'll ask the same question. And I'm going with Doyle again. <laughs> I'm going with Doyle again. Like I, I'm actually glad you're here because him and Mark were actually down on Doyle. I'm like, nah, I think Doyle can play. And oh, like, can like, play. like you said, Eifert, he's injury prone. I don't, I just, I don't, you know, Philip Rivers, you know, he's coming from the Chargers where uh, him and Antonio Gates. They lasted forever, and Philip Rivers loves his tight ends, and I just see Jack Doyle getting more so of the targets than Eifert. That's if Eifert can make it through the entire game. And okay. <laughs> we can win. That's Eifert's how bad it's gotten for Eifert. We're just hoping he gets through a single NFL game. Yeah, he got to make it through the first half. You know. <laughs> Yeah, Eifers, Eifers made a glass. It's, so, it's unfortunate. By, by the way, by the way, I, we, we didn't even mention uh, a fellow by the name of Darius Leonard, one of the best linebackers oh, in the yeah. NFL. Oh, um, yeah. and, and and again, if 
Um, I mean, he's more of a run stuffer than he is, you know, a pass protector, but still though, still one of the best linebackers in the NFL. So um, yeah, man, again, if Eifert's getting out there on routes and, and I see Darius Leonard on him, I, I don't necessarily see an advantage. You know what I mean? Yeah. You might as well get your IR spot ready, huh? <laughs> Who you picking, Will? Are you taking Eifert? Uh, no, I'm not going to take Eifert. It's mm. just we like it's already been mentioned. You know, Rivers just loves throwing to his tight ends. I found an interesting stat on um, FF today where they said since 2016, Rivers has targeted his tight ends 22.9% over his career on average. Mm. So, you know, at the very least, Doyle is going to get more work than Tyler Eifert. And, and like Jane said, they're going to get more than likely they're going to get blown out, you know, by the fourth quarter. So you're not even going to be looking to throw to the tight end to move the ball. You're going to try and pick up chunk plays to move the offense down the field. Mm-hmm. And then by then it's already too late. Um, so I can see him. I think that's why DJ Chark is such a appealing uh, fantasy asset because he's going to get those targets in garbage time. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to back off of him because there's no point in playing up, you know, against uh, wide receivers close when, you know, you're up by 30. So they're going to give him the opportunity to catch the ball. Chark can make some plays late in the games. In PPR formats, Minshew is going to pepper him with targets because there's not really another guy on that offense who – in my opinion, could be trustworthy. Um, you saw it last year when Chark came out um, and Minshew and him just kind of clicked. So it was Minshew and Chark and everybody else, you know, outside of Leonard Fournette who had 100 targets. But right. he ain't he's not there anymore. So, yeah. And plus, Eifert is made of glass, man. Like, that. <laughs> what, was the, what was that year that he had, like, a, a breakout year? It was, like, 2015 or 16? Somewhere around there. Seems like a long, long time ago being stuck yeah. in 2020. Yeah, and I think, like, <laughs> when you think about that and then you think about what he was and then all the injuries that compounded after that, I think it's – you're jaded. You know, Nobody's going to take a chance on Eifert. If he's on your fantasy team, like like James said, it's, you're in a dirty league. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's dirty. But that – yeah, you know that? it's it's actually it's actually kind of crazy because uh, yeah, 2015 was his his you know breakout campaign you yeah. know, um, but even then he only played 13 games. He, he got hurt in that season too. So, um, but I, I'm looking at his you know um, his logs and it's just it's it's crazy when you look at it. You know, he's he's played in the NFL um, seven years, right? And in five of those years, he has suffered. No, excuse me, in four of those years. Four out of seven years, he has suffered season-ending injuries. Right. That's insane. I was looking at the same thing. That's insane. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, and and it actually is interesting. Last year was the the first year he actually um, showed up in all 16 games, uh, but he only started four. So he he didn't play a ton of snaps last year, but did get through 16 games. So Jacksonville Jaguars obviously hoping he can kind of sort of do the same here again in 2020 and you know we do joke around about it but i i hope he stays healthy you know um and has a productive year man because certainly coming back from all of those season ending injury that's gotta be tough man that has got to be tough so he clearly has um the mental fortitude to kind of you know pick himself back up uh, and get back on the train. So we'll see, man. I, I hope he does well. I hope he surprises. As a matter of fact, man, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope he goes off week <laughs> one. You know what I'm saying? But 
but yeah, you know, it, we, we, uh, in the football community certainly have gotten, um, jaded enough, uh, to, to, you know, say, Hey, listen, if Tyler Eifert can get through a game, a single NFL what? game, <laughs> we will be happy. So, uh, we will see. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way. It's gotta be tough to, to get those kind of injuries and then still want to play. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of during surgery and rehabilitation that's crazy oh oh, man (laughs) yeah jordan reed is uh i I thought i really thought he was gonna call it quits last year after that big hit he took um was it against the the falcons in preseason definitely talented just i really did not healthy yeah so dangerous but it is what it is man at least they they're tough enough to keep coming back now we're going to go into one more part. And this doesn't really have anything to do with fantasy, but if you want to make it about fantasy, you can. Um, what For week one, what is your game of the week? What is Whether it's, you know, I have to watch this game. I have to watch this game for fantasy or, you know, my team playing. What is the game of the week for you that you just got to see for week one? A lot of people always ask me, hey, what is your team? And, it's, and, and I hate to break it to people out there. I don't have a team. <laughs> Really? My team is my fan. My team is my fantasy team. Um, okay. And I hate to break it to people out there, but I used to love growing up, man. I loved the Oilers, mm. but mm. you know, and, and I consider Eddie George to be one of my all time favorite players. But when they went to Tennessee, I kind of sort of lost a little bit that lost a little bit of luster. And then, and then once Eddie George retired, then I was just kind of done with it. You know, I, I was, I like Steve McNair. He was fine. He just, you know, he was hurt all the time in the back half of his career too. So it was hard to be like, Oh man, I'm a big air McNair guy. I just wasn't, you know? Um, although I will say when they got Chris Johnson, I was like pretty pumped, you know, and he, he was going ballistic for a bit. So that was cool. Uh, but no, I, I actually don't have an NFL team, although I do love the NFL, you know? Um, but, but yeah, when, when you start talking about, um, you know, games, I, I really am, you know, looking forward to watching, Boy, it, it's hard to get away from this Thursday night affair, you know. Um, oh yeah. I, I mean, Texans Chiefs, you know, you get to see the MVP, you know, former MVP in Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, continue his assault on the league. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side, you got Deshaun Watson, one of my all, one of my favorite players in the league right now. What's his offense going to look like without New Hopkins? But um, yeah, that, that just, to me, just screams out like, you know, it could be a high-scoring affair. Uh, the corners for Kansas City are still a little bit banged up, so we'll see. Um, they did make some drastic improvements in the secondary, at least in terms of play last year, so um, maybe it won't be as much of a, a, a gaping hole. But, um, but yeah, man, I don't know. That, that looks like a very, very exciting game. And then the other one, I, I just, you know, everyone is going to be watching this game, right? It's Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. Yeah, you know, Tommy, you know, Tom Brady over there in Tampa Bay. Now he's got all them weapons, crazy weapons everywhere. It's the, it's the deepest team he's ever had uh, in his NFL career. That, that's that kind of saying a lot, you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, Bucks Saints, man, but like, you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, um, all these great players on both sides of the ball. It's going to be awesome, man. So mm. I'm just excited, man. I, I am. I'm, I'm pretty jacked. I'm pretty jacked here for week one. It's been a long time coming. We haven't even had preseason games to get sick of. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. like, come on, inject yeah, that- this right into my veins, baby. Let's go week <laughs> one NFL. Let's do this. Yeah, that's, that's how I'm feeling, man. If you, I was trying to keep it, keep it cool for my last episode. Um, 
and I was talking about it. I was like, man, this is just this is exactly what we need right at the perfect time. Exactly, football is gonna come on. We get to watch up, uh, and, and I think the, the Houston Texans and the Chiefs game is a revenge game for Watson because after what happened last year in the playoffs, true, how they got done like that. Watson got to have a huge. I don't see shoulder. too much revenge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't uh, think so? No, I don't. I don't. I think. Don't get me wrong. Um, I do think. I, you know, I love watching. I've always been a big Watson fan, even since he was in college. Um, and I do think he has he has the talent, but the receiver core is good, but they're also injury prone. And David Johnson's back there now, but he's also injury prone. So I'm kind of worried about Deshaun. But after what happened in the playoffs, I've seen enough. Of what I need to see, Patrick Mahomes is that dude. This down yeah, twenty four came back and won. I, I can't. I don't know how you can root against that. <laughs> yeah, you can't. But yeah. my game was the. I think where you can't get hard to. Right. I was looking for. I'm might surprise people because obviously we're Cowboys fans and yeah. we have all the hype going into this season. But I'm definitely looking forward towards that Buccaneers Saints game. Like James said, all that talent on both sides of the ball, and then towards the back half of the year, the Buccaneers' defense actually started playing really well. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see who's going to come out on top of that game, especially being, you know, with them being in the same division. Because although it's a week one game, it could potentially be a big game going on towards the end of the season. So I know we get our, you know, we do we record our podcast, but. Soon as that's over, I gotta watch this game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, then you you gotta make me look like a homer now because I want to see the Cowboys Rams game. Uh, oh hell yeah! Of course, it's not just <laughs> no, <laughs> look, but for reals, yeah, get sign me up for that. Hell yeah. yeah! I mean, it's not just it's not just you know because it's my squad. Like we got we actually have somebody who's better than Jason Garrett coming in and calling shots for the game. That's what I want. I want to see how Mike McCarthy handles the Cowboys talent. I want to see how what he does or you know what he's going to do with Dak Prescott. Um you know, we saw the trans the, the jump that he made from 18 to 19 um with the change from Linehan to Moore, but I kind of felt like when you watch the games, especially when they hit they went into the uh the Saints in week 4, it felt like Jason Garrett got his fingers stuck in the cookie it, jar. It did. It, it, did. Like, it was like, no, we're going to do it this way this mm-hmm. time. Like, like, what you did more was cool. Like, we did blow out, you know, the Redskins and the Giants and, you know, whoever. But I want to do it this way. And when it when, it, when you watch the game, it's like, okay, where's the high-flying offense that we saw the first three weeks of the season? Why are we running the ball into the teeth of the Saints defense? And that's their best part. They gave up right. – uh, a thousand yards in the first three weeks of the game, a season, and then we was running the ball. So I want to see how Mike McCarthy handles that. I also want to see um, what's going on with Amari Cooper because he's missed the last couple of days at training camp, and they're they're saying he's going to start, but I just want to know what's going on. Is he injured or because they have they've been real tight lipped about it? So, I think it's one of those things where they just you know they just want him up and ready for week one. You know I think they did yeah, the same thing right. with Wentz and you know. Uh, he, he has a little injury, soft tissue, whatever. He's going to be ready week one. Nah, but I hope so. I don't know. I'm just not – I don't like what, our late night games. I just can't – I just can't. I hate I them. We feel like we lose them all the time. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not looking forward to that at all. Mm-hmm. That's funny. 
Yeah. And then I got to my last point, man. I got to see CD. I got to see what CD Lamb look like, what kind of role they're going to give him. You know, they've been talking him up in camp, you know, the whole time. But if if they they're if they're going to give him a legit role to start because he's saying he's so talented and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's going to be I think that's going to be a huge low-key huge so not I, too late to I'm jump on the Cowboys bandwagon James <laughs> <laughs> I like the Cowboys man I do like the Cowboys I, I remember watching Ezekiel Elliott play at Ohio State when he was a sophomore and at the time I tweeted out Ezekiel Elliott is the best back in the nation. I said, he's the best back, not only in this conference, but in the nation. <laughs> and my, my replies were just, I mean, people were down my throat. Oh, Melvin Gordon. <laughs> oh, oh, this, that. And cause, because at the time, you know, the big 12 had, I mean, just, or, or the big 10 rather had, um, I mean, running backs just coming out their ears, you know, there was, there was seemingly a superstar running back on literally every single, um, on every single team. And, and, and to me, when I watched Ezekiel Elliott play, I'm like, no, this is that dude. He's, this is a bad man right here. This is a bad, this is a bad, bad man. And, uh, and, and all these years later, it's, it's, it's nice to see that even all the way back then I could see it, you know? So that was cool, but man, you know what, that Dallas Rams game, man, you know what, it it is going to be really cool because I, I think first of all, Dak is, um, he is looking for that bag. He's looking for the bag, right? Mm-hmm. So like he's going to post some numbers, bro. Uh, he's got the best wide receiving core, uh, I think in the NFL. Uh, he's got Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the offensive line is not as good as it was. Certainly. Um, yeah, you know, you lose Travis man. Frederick, who obviously wasn't very good last year, but, um, still, uh, I think a quality center, you lose him. Um, uh, what is it? Lyle Collins, right? Yep. He, yeah. Collins is, is, is banged up. So, um, it, it's just, it's worrisome certainly because that is and has been for the past, you know, five years, uh, been a rock for the Dallas Cowboys. And it's that rock is looking a little shakier, uh, (laughs) today than it has in previous years, but, but certainly there's enough on the plate on the table, uh, for, for Dak to, I, I, he's to me, if you wanted to put, you know, dark horse money down on MVP candidate, it's Dak. Like he could post, ridiculous numbers you know what i'm saying he could post ridiculous numbers this year um and i'm really looking forward to it and then on the other side man people writing off the rams like they suck yeah Ah, they're gonna be all right you know what i mean like (laughs) i'm actually one of those people (laughs) oh man dude i'm telling you bro they're they're gonna be all right they're gonna be all right i'm telling you um i think I, i think last year you know they were they had a lot of moving pieces um this year i think they're I think going to be a little bit more comfortable in their various roles. And let me tell you something, man, Van Jefferson. Oh, that's yeah. a bad man. Oh yeah. Van Jefferson's a bad dude. He is. Um, and, and he fits in perfectly, you know, that multifaceted role, uh, that they asked from all of their receivers, you know, Robert, he's, he's basically like Robert Woods, except bigger, stronger, faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think he can help elevate this offense, man. And, 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 you know, I'll tell you the other thing too. Todd Gurley hurt them last year. I mean, he, you could say, Oh, he was productive. And from a fantasy perspective, this, that. honestly, from a football perspective, he sucked. He did. He did. Um, and, uh, from a fantasy perspective, he was good, you know, but from a, a real life football perspective, they couldn't do what they wanted to do offensively, which is play action. Mm-hmm. They can't run play action because Todd Gurley re- demands literally no safety help whatsoever. 
You know what I'm saying? So he was, he was just, he was toasty McToast, man. So <laughs> I think, I think when you bring in Cam Akers, a guy who gets to the outside, and by the way, this is what the Rams want to do. They want to run to the outside. They want to run outside zone. They want to run, you know, halfback toss. They just want to get to the edges mm-hmm. and force a flowing defense to kind of flow with them. I don't think their offensive line is built to really, you know, handle like gap scheme. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, they want to get to the outside. That's what they want to do. Um, and, and if they can do that, they can get back to that play action. Right. You know what I'm saying? Bo- Jared Goff bootleg. Oh my goodness. I'm t- I I am so much higher on the Rams this year than any than seemingly anybody else. I think they're going to have a really nice bounce back campaign. I think the NFC West is going to be a complete dogfight, oh, man. Oh yeah. Um you know what I'm saying? You look at the Rams, you look at the Niners, you look at the Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. have improved dramatically yeah. too. Like this is going to be a tough, tough division, maybe the best division in football, but I do think the Rams are going to put it on somebody this year. I really do. I think they're going to be back. Um, and I'm really excited, uh, to see what they do, but man, I'm telling you, I, I think that they're going to be way better than they were last year. I agree. I I do have, I will say this. Um, yeah, they finished nine and seven last year. Think they're going to be better than that. Yeah, I think they can, but like Jane said, it's going to be really close because you got San Fran there. I think San Fran might dip off a little bit because they don't have any wide receivers that are healthy right now. Yeah, yeah, not right now. You know, the only pass catcher that they have that can actually walk five yards is uh, George Kittle, and then you got <laughs> you got maybe uh, you know Tevin Coleman out of the backfield. They're going to bring back Jarek McKinnon to to do the passing role, which I kind of feel like it's like all right, well. You Raheem Moster is the guy. He's been they've been saying he's been better than every other running back in in camp. Why get cute with it? But without that's why another dude chasing the bag that mm-hmm. I love this year. Mm-hmm. I like him too. But that I, Shanahan just kills me with that switching thing that he does with the running backs. You you know you have a guy in Raheem Moster. Just give him the ball. The same thing with McVay. Oh, we're gonna run uh, running back by committee. Why would you do that? Malcolm Brown has though. done what? It works. No, it's, it works with some teams. But yeah, with some teams, you, with a, a prolific uh, coach like Shanahan, you know, with called offensive plays, that stuff, that type of stuff will work. That's exactly how they annihilated Green Bay in the playoffs. Like, yeah, but you, it just took you know, turns, like running down the hill. I, think, <laughs> I, I also think when you kind of look at it, um, it's the teams that run outside. Uh, that that need to rotate their backs because they're asking their running backs to sprint pretty much on every single play. You right. can't do that 35 times and still be effective, you know? Yeah. Um, so okay. I, I think personally that um, outside teams run committees a little bit more and it's also more effective, you know, uh, to that point. So I think, I think when teams run gap and, and they want to run power and, and they got pulling guards and stuff, I think it is better to have just one guy because right. that guy gets into a rhythm. He's able to see the hole. I mean, that, that, that's the number one thing with gap scheme is that you got to see a hole. Like when you run outside zone, there's, you don't have to think very much at all. Like right. you pretty much flow to the outside. And if it's there, you just go. And if it's not there, you cut back. That's it. It's, it's an A or B proposition. Um, gap scheme, you could say, you could argue the same thing, but honestly, sometimes even when you got pulling guards and fullbacks and stuff, like there are other holes that open and you have to be able to see, um, you know, and have a reaction time to see holes that open that maybe shouldn't be there. Maybe the offensive line, you know, maybe the, or excuse me, the, um, 
you know, the, the defensive tackle overplays his position, you know, and so there's going to be a, a gap that's open that you maybe didn't design for, but it's there and that running back's got to take it. And I think th- those things were like, you know, your eyes got to get used to it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and get used to that reaction time. I think that's where a running back that gets it, you know, 20, 25 times, I think it helps them because right. they just start getting their, you know, their, their kind of their rhythm a, a little bit. They don't have to really sprint. They just got to find that little hole and, and, and just burst through it. That's, that's my take. I don't know if, I don't know if it actually is true, but that's just my take. See, this is why I wanted James to come on the finer details. Cause I missed yeah. that. <laughs> so I like that perspective. You know, it, it, it broadens a, uh, a different view of what they do, what they're asking their running backs to do and why, they shift out because I'm looking at it as a fan. I'm like, all right, man, my guy, I got him on my fantasy team and he coming out like, you know, what's going on here. But you know, I really appreciate that uh, explanation, James. He's on the money. That's more than likely. I would, I would bet my bottom dollar. That's what they, that's what they're thinking because that's why they rotate so much because you're asking might them be. to shoot outside. It right. might be. Now we're going to wrap up this episode with just um, a final thought because we're heading into week one. Is there any waiver wire guy that you got your eye on that you're looking to add to your team before week one really kicks off? We know Houston and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to play on Thursday night, but the real game, the the bulk of the games are going to happen Sunday and then finish off Monday night. So just give me one guy if, if you have one. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you two, you know, I think um, I'll give you a deep sleeper uh, play and then I'll just give you a regular sleeper play that I just don't, you know, I don't think he's rostered nearly enough, but I think Carlos Hyde should be rostered in all formats. Mm. Um, I think he can see early season returns. If he's on your waiver wire, go pick him up. He's available, I think, in in quite a number of leagues. Uh, If you're in a deeper league, he'll be gone. If you're in a more competitive league, he'll be gone as well. But uh, for those of you listening who are in a little bit more casual of a league, or maybe a 10 team league, maybe a 12 team league that, you know, he just kind of sort of fell by the wayside. Um, Carlos Hyde's going to be available in a lot of places. And, and I'm telling you, he, he's going to be a great fit um, for what they do in Seattle. And Seattle doesn't, you know, they run the ball a lot, but they also run a committee. And I don't think they're, um, I don't think they're committed to giving Chris Carson, you know, 30 carries a game. I, I, that's just, to me anyways, it, they haven't done that for years. So I, I don't really see why they would change that up. Rashad Penny's hurt. Uh, I think Hyde's going to get in there, probably see at least 40% of the, the snaps, if not, if not 50, you know? So um, I, I would expect Carlos Hyde to have a pretty good return on value, uh, return on investment rather uh, in the early part of the, uh, at least for the first four weeks, that, that would be my take. So if he's there, I think he's absolutely worth a pickup. Um, and you're actually really hoping if you pick him up that he has a really nice week one game and you could just trade him. That, that would be, that's the hope, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, and if he's not available, I, you know, Michael Pittman is a, is a wide receiver. Mm. You know, maybe he's got, you know, some, some real, you know, big question marks um, at receiver because of injuries, you know, maybe you've got Jalen Rager, maybe you've got Mike Williams, maybe you've got uh, hell, maybe if you got Mike Evans, you know, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He, he plays in an, in an afternoon game and boy, that's pretty dicey, but um, Michael Pittman there with the Colts, you know, early second round selection uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, big boy. I dude, listen, this guy, this guy was a baller at USC. Okay. Six, four, 225 pounds. Um, he was just, 
I mean, he loved to play bully ball, but he's a good player, period. He's just a good receiver. And I go back and I talked about this on my podcast today, but you know, you go back and you look at, at Phillip Rivers and what he has done with taller receivers. Again, uh, Pittman is 6'4", 225, okay? I mean, you, you just go back and look at all the Charger receivers. There's a bunch of guys, you know? You got Mike Williams, who's mm-hmm. 6'4", Tyrell Williams, who's 6'4", Vincent Jackson, who's 6'5", you know what I'm saying? And the list goes on and on. Malcolm Floyd, remember Malcolm Floyd? Oh, man. That guy came out of, that guy, that dude came out of nowhere, yeah, but 6'5". Tyrell Williams came out of nowhere, too. Um, but, yeah, Malcolm Floyd, another guy who was 6'5". So... We're talking, you know, 10, 12, 13, 15 years of Philip Rivers tossing jump balls up to these power <laughs> forward dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell me that's not going to happen again against these Jags. And the Jags <laughs> suck. They are terrible. Um, their defense is going to be absolutely atrocious. They have no they have no one on D. No one. Nobody. Um, their linebackers are decent, you know. Like I like Miles Jack and them, but their D-line stinks. Their cornerbacks stink. Like, I don't really – I guess I just don't I, – I think it's just going to be a blowout. This is – the Jacks to me are the 2019 Miami Dolphins. They're going to get blown out so bad in some games. You're like, this doesn't even look like professional football. Um, but, yeah, week one, Phillip Rivers, thrown to a 6'4", 225-pound receiver. Give me that dude. Deep sleeper. Sign me up. Well, that's a good That's a good one right there. I, I actually got um, – I drafted Michael Pittman so do uh, later I. on it. I have him in one yep. of my leagues. I got him there in a go. few. Scoopity scoop. I seen him. I was like, you're like, I, I got him. If I'm not getting T.Y., I'm definitely coming around to get Pittman. All right, Jalen, who you got? Um, Might shock you, but Greg Ward. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. I think that some – I think uh, the fact that he made the 50 men – the 53 roster, a uh, bunch of receivers were cut. The Eagles, you know, they always deal with injuries. Uh, him and Carson definitely connected late in the season. And I think he's a pretty good receiver. Um, I think, uh, you know, with uh, Alshon's going in the pup, I think. With that, yeah. I mean, I think that – No, Oakland, no, he he missed – he's not going to be on the pup. Okay, um, so if, he, he, if he's not going to be on the pup, regardless, I think uh, – <laughs> I think, you know, the rumor already is that they're trying to trade Alshon because, I mean, the receiver core just looks so much better – if you add Greg Warden or then um, Alshon, I just I th- you remember we were talking about it a couple, mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago, and we were saying, you know, uh, we're just if if he's not drafted, obviously you won't draft him. But first, one of the first guys off the waiver, I'm definitely looking forward to that Eagles game because I want to see if he's worth picking up, and I think it will be worth it. Okay. All right, mine is I have two. Um, Chase Claypool from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and like that. Adrian Peterson um, from the Lions. Adrian, now, no, yeah, like oh, here. I, th- th- now this is something that this is something that you said, James, on your show. Um, not that you were saying you know you need to go pick him up, but the connection that he the neck the connection that he has with Daryl Bevel, and the fact that the uh, you know, DeAndre Swift is hurt. Uh, they don't know what's going on with uh, on Johnson, but he's expected to play. And But you know that he's going to go down in the season because he's been hurt every year. Um, DeAndre Swift has had injury co- concerns, you know, before he even came into the league. But Adrian Peterson could be that guy who's a safety net. 
when it's all said and done. And I'm looking, I'm going to be looking at that week one matchup with Detroit and seeing how they use, if they use Adrian Peterson, because, you know, Patricia's been kind of hush us as to whether or not he's going to suit up or not. But if Peterson and Bevel have already played together and the playbook is not that much different now than it was when it, when they were together in Minnesota, Peterson could steal that show. He averaged four yards a carry the last two years with Washington. And he's 30. He was 35. He's 35 now. But he was still doing it beyond his 30s. I mean, he Peterson says that he can play for another couple of years. Of course I can, he's going to say that. Yeah, but you look at what he's been able to do the last two years on a bad Redskins team. That's impressive, especially at that age. So maybe he can do it again if he can get that. If he can get a, a bigger share of that job, um, if I if I have space on my on my bench, I'll stash him and see what happens. And then you know if it doesn't work out, I can pitch him back to the waiver wire. But right. he he's interesting because Swift's already banged up. We don't know how long that's going to be. And like I said, Carrion's already wearing a brace in uh, training camp. You know, so this their running back situation is a little sketchy to start the season. So. But I I love Chase Claypool. Like he's I, I I've been saying it like on Twitter and stuff, man. Like it's no shade on James Washington, but I want Chase Claypool to jump him so that he can get that spot, that third wide receiver spot, and just be on the field, you know, a large a large majority a larger majority of the time. Because he's like 6'4", 238, and he runs a four four two. You talk about jump ball city with Ben Roethlisberger. Crazy. I and he's been, you know, tearing it up in camp. You know, most of the reports out of there have been good. So, you know, I want to see it on the field now. Like I want to and Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool is so good that I'm worried about Deontay Johnson. That's how good Chase Claypool is. Oh man, don't say that. (laughs) Like, honestly, like that's how that's how that's how good Chase Claypool is to me, you know, in, in this particular offense where he could just literally just go nine route every single time and just be like, all right, cool, just throw me like three jump balls and let's just see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Um But I mean Deont- and listen, I have a man crush on Deontay Johnson. I, I love him to death, but Juju's gonna work inside, he's gonna be a slot receiver, so I'm not worried about his workload, should be fine. Um and they don't have any tight ends of note. Well, Ebron's good, but uh, he'll he'll be a red zone target pretty much yeah. exclusively. So, um, but uh, but look, you got Juju inside. You've got Deontay, uh, you know, running on one side. And, and uh, what are you going to really do? Are you really going to put Chase Claypool's flanker? Or you, I just I don't know. It seems to me like he's your ex. I don't I don't know why, but I you know, like mm-hmm. you've got a tactician on the left side, and then you just got a freaking you know physical monster on the right you know so i don't know that's what kind of sort of and again this is where you know when you want like having training camps and stuff like you don't really get that coverage now you know and you didn't see any preseason games and i don't know maybe they throw them out of flanker what the hell do i know maybe they just have them go have run go routes on the left side i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm tripping i don't know um so but yeah like he he's such a physical freak specimen that I and I talked about some of my pot earlier, but man, how do you not get Martavis Bryant vibes? Yes. You know, thinking about this dude. Yes. You know, just some unheralded dude out of nowhere and just like, I don't want to say unheralded. The guy played at Notre Dame, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, nobody was, nobody's really thinking about Chase Claypool in fantasy. Nobody, you know, completely undrafted. Nobody's thinking about this dude. And, you know, uh, it was kind of sort of like Martavis Bryant, like when he, when he was a rookie, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
just kind of like, okay, well, uh, okay, Martavis can play maybe. I don't know. Is he going to see any fun? And then, bam, like double-digit touchdowns. You're like, what the hell just happened here, you know? <laughs> but I, that's it is to me. Like, he's so he, he could be so dynamic. I'm actually worried about Deontay Johnson. Yeah, because <laughs> if he – if he's that good and he hits the field, he's going to – and at his size, man. I like big wide receivers too. At that That's size, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's got like that like Martavis Bryant Plexico vibe right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a little I'm a little worried about Deontay Johnson. I, and I love Deontay Johnson, but I, I have – I've done like six or seven drafts. I haven't drafted him once. Really? Not, not at and all? I love him. Not, not even one time. And I love him. I love him to death, but I just don't, I don't have him anywhere because I'm just kind of like, eh, is Chase Claypool going to eat? Like, is this going to be a problem? Mm. I don't know. I, I may, I, I, you know what? Honestly, I'm probably tripping. I, I probably am. <laughs> I, I'm probably just, and like y'all, I mean, like, you know, if anyone listens to me, like, you know me, like I'm, I'm just such a size speed, you know, combo freakazoid that like, I, I like get enamored with that, you know, especially when they start running with players like, like Ben Roethlisberger that they just, you know, they're, they have a certain level of degaff, you know what I mean? Like Ben's going to stick in there and be like, Ooh, Chase Claypool maybe has like three inches of space, but I'm gonna throw him that ball. Yeah. Yep. Just degaff YOLO. Yellow yeah. balls. Here we go. That definitely is Big Ben. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that's Big Ben right there. Like, go get it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, go get it, young man. So, I just kind of, I'm just, I'm curious. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll see, man. I'll see. Yeah, I, I can't wait, man. But James, man, thank you for coming on and giving us some of your time. I, I know, you know, you want. I know what your particulars were, but I really thank you for sticking around with us and giving us a little bit more of your time than what you. Uh, originally scheduled man we really appreciate you coming yeah. on and highly appreciate um is oh, there dude, anything, it's all good man is there anything else you want to plug you know before we shut it down nah, man I, I just like i said i just want people to find the podcast honestly I, i'm just trying to build that up um you know I, it's it's like my it's it's a baby you know and i i'm just trying to trying to get that 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 uh that growth going man and i i just believe in the product i think it's re- i think me personally and i know i'm saying this selfishly but i, I think it's a really good product and um and i would and to me, there's no reason why you shouldn't be listening to this, to, 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 to the Fantasy Five. It's five freaking minutes of your time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing, there, there should be nothing that stops you from listening to that. And, that. and that's how much I believe in it, you know? And I, I do think it's informative and entertaining. So I would, I would appreciate if people just gave it a try. Even if you don't subscribe, can you just give it one listen? Mm-hmm. You know, and if, and, if, and if you like that one episode, give it another episode. And if you like that episode, give it another episode. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all. It's five, it's five minutes. It's not going to cost you nothing. You know what I mean? So um, that would be my thing. Fantasy Five with James Coe. If, if people could find that, that'd be cool. And and I, I tell people at the end of every podcast too, but um, if you find me on social, I do a pretty good job of answering questions as much as I can anyway, yes. as humanly possible. Uh, at James D. Coe, last name spelled K-O-H. And, um, and this year I'm more determined than ever to kind of just pump out um, more, you know, social media content, you know? So, um, I've been making more videos and stuff and yeah. there's going to be a lot more videos coming out this year too. So, um, I, I don't know. I never did in the past. I don't really know why I still, I mean, I had all these ideas. I just never did them, but, um, I don't know. Anyways, I'm just trying to find the time. I'm trying to like sleep like four hours a day. Like that's, <laughs> like, that's my goal right now, man. I got to stretch these, I got to stretch these days out. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I I'm just trying to mean. pump out content. Um, I got a podcast. I got two different shows. Um, and, and I'm just trying to get it going this year, man. That's good, man. Now remember what he said, yeah. 
The Fantasy Five is available everywhere. Google, everywhere. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can listen to a podcast, James is on it. So find the Fantasy Five, subscribe to the channel. Trust me, you're going to like these five-minute episodes. It may not sound like a lot, but what he packs in each episode is going to have you hooked. So make sure you find that podcast, The Fantasy Five, and hit that subscribe button. Because I already did, so I can vouch for it. It's, and it's not I'm not just saying that because he here. Like, I've really been listening to it at work. Like, I'm really mad now because I'm two episodes behind, and I got to catch up. <laughs> Actually, and, that's the best to be episodes behind. Because then you can watch them when you want to watch them. You have to keep waiting for the next one. <laughs> yep. But no, that's the thing, though. Three times have... a week, man. Yep. Three times a week. He... Every every Tuesday, Wednesday, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday will, will okay. be the schedule. Cool. You could catch it three three times a week, man. And like I said, even three episodes a week. It's 15 minutes, bro. 15 minutes. Hook me up. Yep. All right. You heard the man. You show him some love and hit, hit that subscribe button. But thanks for coming on, James. We're going to shut it down. We really appreciate you guys listening and checking out our episode. Uh, make sure that you always check thefantasiesfinest.com. All our podcast episodes are get posted up there. Our news articles, our player uh, information, injury reports, all that stuff is up there now. So please go check it out. The injury report is actually being updated. At, uh, will be updated today with uh, more injury news coming out. Like uh, James mentioned earlier about Mike Evans, that will be there too. So thanks for showing us love. Of course, you can follow us on the podcast, the at Finest Finest on Twitter. Um, the host, hype underscore finest for me. Jalen is ace underscore ECA4. Mark, he's unfortunately he wasn't here, but you can follow him too at, at McNuts on Twitter. Thanks for checking us out. We'll talk to you guys another time. Peace. For listening to the Fantasy's Finest podcast, be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter too at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.